0: What's going on Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about Io Sumu's recent comments on how he's been studying this game and how he's poised to have a very big sophomore season for the Chicago Bulls. And he may be the starting point guard for that. We're also going to follow up on the video from yesterday, which I did the best moves of Acme so far in their tenure of running the Chicago Bulls. But this time we're going to talk about some of the worst deals they've made so far. We're going to see all that and more on today's. Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, what's going on? You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me on Chicago Bulls Central. And so I'm still riding high of, of some Chicago things going on, a very positive vibe around here right now at It Is What It Is Studios. But nonetheless, listen. Iota Sumo had a recent interview, and, and it was on What Up Cuz, and so he said this, that he spent a lot of time in the offseason watching film and studying his game. And he said, you can expect me to come out and just be better in every aspect. Now, the reason why that may be poignant and, and a huge factor for the Chicago, well, there's two reasons, really, is that especially if Lonzo Ball is not ready to go, which all signs are pointing to, everything's pointing to Lonzo Ball not being ready by the start of the season I would assume it was likely going to be in that starting point guard position and so him being ready to just increase what he already did last season as a starter he averaged over 11 points per game I think like right under five assists per game and like three rebounds per game don't quote me exactly on those numbers they're around there I know it was like 10.9 points per game so basically 11 so he had a solid as a solid starting point guard but yeah was it anything like And we know he kind of even fell off towards the back end of that season. He hit that rookie wall or whatever you want to call it. And his numbers dipped a little bit. But Iota Sumu working on his body, working on his conditioning, being ready for the rigors of the NBA season a little bit better than what he came into in his rookie season. We already know about the five-on-five workouts that he competed with, DeMar DeRozan and how he's mentored him. Iota Sumu is going to be huge and hopefully having a huge impact for the Chicago Bulls next season, especially, like I said, as he assumes that starting point guard role while Lonzo Ball is out. But there's another big reason for this as well. As we've already talked about very heavily, one of the things that is going to be on one of the lists that we talk about later is that Io is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. He's a restricted free agent. And so it's, and it looks, it works a little bit different, right? So it's not the typical restricted free agency that, that works for, that works for most players that are coming in, especially first round picks to have that, that, that three-year deal. They don't have Full bird rights on Io DeSumo. They have what's called early bird rights. So that means that they that they can offer him a contract. I can't remember the exact numbers. There's actually a limit on the number that on the amount of contract that he can get. Now that's why it is important that you know the salary cap increase for the NBA overall is going to help the Bulls be able to re-sign him. But basically, what it boils down to is that the Bulls cannot exceed the salary cap to to re-sign Io DeSumo. They have to use whatever cap space they have. So. That is going to factor in when you have a free agent like that, and then they can use the Gilbert Arenas rule or provision, I think is what it's called, in which they can resign him, but it makes the back end of that contract heavily backloaded and quite expensive in a situation like that. So I don't think there's gonna be a situation in which Iodasumu does not stay a Chicago Bull. Again, is my overconfidence in that could be come back to bite me and the franchise in the ass. Yes. But the way that but Iota being a free agent this early, him and having be having the the unique opportunity to be a starter and hopefully make a huge impact in that starting role um early on in the season it's really gonna go into what his contract could be like i said it's it's kind of limited he doesn't have the like the true restrictive free agency um where he can get like the same amount of increases and raises and things like that but it's still that nonetheless and while he is a chicago kid he loves the city he plays for the franchise that he uh that he grew up uh watching and idolizing things like that but Anytime there's agents involved, anytime there's a potential for other teams and that, that poison pill deal that's rarely used but can be a thing, um, it, it's some, I wouldn't say a huge bit of cause for concern in that, but there is some in that. But it, either way, like I said, I'm not worried about it too much, and I think most Bulls fans shouldn't worry about it. I think that Sumo is going to be a Chicago Bull for a long time, and him being ready and even watching his tape and the and the work ethic and everything that goes into Io Sumo and who he is. He's going to pay big dividends off for of the Chicago Bulls, especially while Lonzo balls out, and over the course of his career. And you got to also think and factor in some too is that with the injury concerns surrounding Lonzo Ball and the fact that it seems like he suffers a, at least a minor injury to a significant injury every season so far, um, you have to having a built-in insurance for him in Sumu and Alice Caruso is going to is is highly important for the Chicago Bulls. And you know, outside of just the the Lonzo of it all, Iota Sumo and what he flashed the the value in having a second round pick that turned in that can turn into the player that we all see Io DeSumo turning into and even what he gave gave last season is just huge for a franchise that doesn't have their own first round pick this season. We'll see if we end up getting the the Portland pick, but like getting the most value out of the picks that you do have is going to be important for this front office. Over the next three years, three to four years as we have given up first round picks uh in this upcoming draft to to San Antonio. We still still owe Orlando another first round pick. And we owe, um, I think of them another first round pick after that as well, but I may be wrong on that one. But so with the draft capital, that they have given in getting the most value out of players and having players that truly develop Dalen Terry as well. Hopefully he develops too. It's going to be important for this. And it's good that we have, I would assume at least showing those flashes so far. All right. Next little bit of news, very minor news before we get into the list is Kobe Williams, the brother of Patrick Williams is getting a tryout with the Windy City Bulls. Is it anything important? Is it anything tantamount? No. I mean at the end of the day are they probably doing Patrick Williams a solid by, by bringing in his brother probably it's not anything out of the normal kind of happens around the NBA anyway so you know it is what it is there I just wanted to mention it as a piece of news but let's go ahead and get into the list that we hear that we're here for yesterday we did cover the best moves by a and Eversley so far in their tenure as a Chicago Bull and well not as a Chicago Bull but leading the Chicago Bulls so we have to keep the same energy and talk about some of the worst deals now one of the first ones that came to mind, and even when I said yesterday, is that the Daniel Gaffer trade was not going to be something that I list on this. But shout out to Wynton Mahorn, who is one of the first subscribers of this channel ever. Like he's literally been around, I think, since like day five of this channel ever being a thing. So shout out to him for just being there um, and, and being a, a supporter and being knowledgeable. And so I'm going to put up his comment. So before I put up his comment, I had always been of the mindset that the Daniel Gaffer trade was not one of the worst trades not something that I necessarily looked at as a a negative because he signed a three-year about 50 million dollar extension with the Washington Wizards and so he was never going to get that contract with the Chicago Bulls it just never was going to happen they weren't going to pay that much money for a backup center so I've always been of the mindset that he was going to get that deal and to me it's always kept it off the worst list because you could have lost him for nothing and you probably would have if a team was going to offer him that type of contract but Shout out to Wynton Mahorn, who now the the comment's going to be down here, who mentioned that it would have been better to keep Daniel Gafford for as long as that we had him, as long as we could have had him on that rookie level deal, because what we ended up getting back for him in Troy Brown Jr. really turned out to to be nothing. It turned out to be nothing. And so I went back over this to kind of take a look at this. And again, shout out to Wynton on this one, because it made me really think and reevaluate this deal and take a look at it of, okay. Now, with that, with that mindset and the, and the hindsight that we have now in that and knowing what we ended up getting uh, back for for Daniel Gafford and what it turned into, at the time, I can understand the Troy Brown thing. W- was Troy Brown ever going to turn into a star? No, but they probably saw a position that he could have turned out on the wing, be a 3D guy, and it just didn't work out that way. But now looking at the Daniel Gafford deal, and one of the things that I broke out in looking at this is Daniel Gafford has still been on his, he's still on his rookie-level contract this season is the last season for it. That extension that he signed with the Washington Wizards actually doesn't kick in into the 2023-24 season. So that means that when the Chicago Bulls traded Daniel Gafford, they could have had two more full seasons of him on a rookie level deal in which last season he was paid $1.7 million. This upcoming season, he's going to be paid $1.9 million for a backup center that kind of brings everything that you would have wanted as a backup with Nikola Vucevic. So that really did make me repeat, and this is one of the things that I do on this channel. I always say, look, like, I don't have the all the answers, right? I give my opinions, but that's always changing as information comes and new perspectives are gained. And Shout out to Winton again. I'm going to keep saying that because he really did provide a new perspective on that, that some Bulls fans just, oh, we just should have kept Gafford. We should have kept Gafford. And Wynton actually going into the detail of saying, hey, but look at it. We ended up losing Troy Brown Jr. for nothing. We could have had two additional seasons of Daniel Gafford, two four more seasons, three in reality, right? Um we could add three more seasons of him at a rookie scale deal. And that does change some things in this when you look at what Daniel Gafford does provide, the defense, the pick and roll like Alonzo Ball, Daniel Gafford pick and roll and on fast breaks would have been dangerous when you look at that and how that could have changed the complexity of the Chicago Bulls season last last season and this upcoming season before we really would have had to worry about extension for Daniel Gafford. It completely changes the outlook of that deal and it absolutely does make it. And after rescinding myself on this one, it absolutely does make it one of the worst deals that AK and Eversley have done so far. I get it. Did they get back some value for it? Did they see Daniel Gafford as, as the, the the starting level center? No, I would even say that it seems like Washington has moved on from him as a starting level center as well. He, his minutes have gone down considerably from the first season when they got him to, to last season, so we'll see how that continues to go. But when you look at that now, in what we could have had at a cheap contract, even less than what, we, what we're paying Andre Drummond right now, Yes. Is Andre Drummond a better rebounder? Yes. Is Andre Drummond been in this league longer? Yes. But it could have eliminated that. And that money that we did end up spending on Daniel Gafford could have gone to that stretch four that so many of us want while while paying less. So it does kind of reframe that deal. And I do have to put that deal on this list. All right. The next one up is kind of what I alluded to when I talked about Ayo Not giving Ayo the the three-year rookie deal is going to be something that in the long run, does hurt the Bulls more. Does it hurt them per se? Because no, and the reason why I don't put this is not as egregious as some of the other things is because I still absolutely think Io was gonna be a Bull and he was gonna get that contract either. He was gonna shine either way. It all works out with Io DeSumo being a Bull, but like, it does show a little bit of short-sightedness that you could have given him that three-year deal, which could have saved you some money in this upcoming season with the salary cap increasing more than what people expected and giving you a little bit more room to do some other things. Now you kind of have limited yourself as I said in there, which you have to give him a certain contract that fits in a certain parameter, but also you don't have that, like you don't have that extra year of a team-friendly deal. Um, and and so yeah, that's a little bit of short-sightedness on him. Like I said, not as egregious, but I did want to put it on this list again. And just to be clear here as well, this list is not an order of importance, it's not an order in in which one is worse than the others. It's just me just talking about worse deals that this front office has made. Another one kind of in that. Is signing D, D, uh, Denzel Valentine to a qualifying offer? I, like I get it at the time they looked at him as a possible three and D guy or possible somebody who can just come in and stretch the floor. But at that point in time, we all knew what Denzel Valentine was. The writing was on the wall. We saw what he was and what his impact was going to be. And considering that you gave him, yeah, it was one season. It was four point six million dollars. But at the end of the day, you couldn't trade him with that, right? He gets a quote unquote no trade clause because he's an unrestricted free agent at he was an unrestricted free agent at the end of next season. So even signing him to that deal for four point six, four million dollars, you couldn't move him. He had veto in power with that it wasn't a true no trade clause, but he could veto any deal. So it's really looking at the value of what they could have did with that money, with that four point six, four million dollars that they end up giving to Denzel, who we already knew was trash. A little bit of a short-sightedness there as well. Now the next one up, and I knew people would go crazy if I did not mention this deal on here. And this has to be the biggest one that I've seen so far. And again, just to, just to let everyone know, this is not a ranking of deals that they didn't make. So I know a lot of people are going to be saying, "Well, they didn't make this deal. They didn't include this one. They could have made this trade." We're gonna—they didn't make a bigger move at free agency. I mean, at tra- the trade deadline last season. I'm not ranking deals that they did not make. I'm ranking deals that they actually did make and moves that they actually did make and so far the biggest one even though i don't see this as as big of a negative as some bulls fans trading nikola vucevic or trading for nikola vucevic while i I, I, everything window carter Otto porter jr trade those it was the two first round picks you're giving up the younger talent and yes at that time i think people got to remember too we weren't trading for the nikola vucevic that we saw last season we were trading for nikola vucevic at that time who was an all-star who was a 20 and 10 guy so yes you're gonna have to give up a little bit more for that they gave up a young player that still had some potential in Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., who ended up going and, and winning a title, right? But the two first-round picks. Now, those two first-round picks did have lottery protections with them. We already saw what one of those picks turned into in Franz Wagner, who was another player that we could have used, but then also giving up a future first-round pick. Now, what I said yesterday in yesterday's episode, that they they tried to offset that by also getting a similar first-round pick back with similar protections from Portland. And if that conveys, it really does change at least how I view this deal. If we end up getting Portland's first round pick, and it's right around where we would have picked anyway as a playoff team, and then being a playoff team in hell, it could even be better than our own first round pick, would have been if we're higher up in the standings than Portland and Portland basically barely scrapes into the playoffs, we get the better end of that deal. But giving up the two first round picks and the younger player for an aging center who ended up having a, I wouldn't necessarily call it a regression year, but had a had not the impact that some people expected initially when we made that deal in the following season. Now, some people have even said in the comments that Wendell went on to have a better. No, Wendell. If you look at Wendell's, the averages, the percentages, he had the same season he had with the Chicago Bulls. It's just he had more opportunity because he was on a worse team. So I don't really look at that and saying, hey, we should have kept Wendell because Wendell uh, progressed so much in that year. No, Wendell was on a team that was worse. That had better. That had he had more opportunity than what he would have had on the Chicago Bulls team. And even Nikola Vucevic on that same team, when it was terrible, averaged more. So that's how I view that. I'm not saying everyone needs to view it that way, but I do have to list the Nikola Vucevic deal on here specifically for those two first round picks. Now, some would say that that's this, this just the cost of doing business. But with some of the, uh, the other ways that, they, that they've that shown these deals and uh, the, the intelligence that AK and Eversley have shown, you still got, like, you gave up basically three first round picks and Al Rukamino, who... Honestly, taking on that salary anyway from the beginning, like bringing that in, was they ended up being able to work Al Farouq in for uh for the um in the in the in the um the Demar Derozan deal. So shout out to them for that. But that was a ton of bad salary. Like you're taking on that bad salary that luckily you were able to move, but you still gave up two first round picks and a young promising player in that has to be included on this list as well for me. But that is my list for today. Let me know any other deals that you guys think I have may miss, that you think were some of the worst deals that AK and Eversley have made. Again, this is not a measurement of deals that they did not make. This is a measurement of deals that they actually did make and how you rank those and if you rank those as deals that weren't quite as beneficial to the Bulls as one would have hoped. Let me know all that down below. Thank you for being the best part of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Bulls at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break, Break- Media. Media.